Spare School, the podcast. You're on Spin. You are very welcome back to Spin Air Skull. And a follow on from last week's episode, this is a bonus episode for our lovely language students. Last week, we took a deep dive into French, Spanish and German as Leaving Cert subjects. Uh, the Leaving Cert orals are just around the corner at this stage and lots of students across the country are starting to begin to feel a little bit anxious because despite everything that's happened this year, their orals are going ahead. And in many cases, they are worth almost half of the final grade in that exam. So here to share some inspiration with us is a man who is known as a polyglot, a term I had to look up when I first came across him. So fascinating. His name is Benny Lewis. Benny, you're a cabin man. You're now living in Austin, Texas. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Thanks so much for having me. I hope I can give people some good tips today. No doubt you will be able to. We're going to talk about your leave insert shortly, if you don't mind. But first, can you just tell us This term polyglot, what does it mean and how are you one? Uh, polyglot is somebody who speaks multiple languages. So as I uh, did my leaving cert and actually as I uh, graduated UCD, I could only speak English. And this is actually something I've done as an adult that I've gotten into language learning. So originally in my leaving cert, I, um, I had to drop down to pass Irish. I did German and I did not do well in it. But since then, <coughs> excuse me, but since then, I've I've done other exams that are actually very, very high level exams that are equivalent to testing that you are bilingual in the language. So this would be, be the um, uh, in Spanish, it's the Diploma de Español como Lengua Extranjera. And then um, German, they have another equivalent that you have to take if you want to be an engineer in the language. So I've. Uh, I've both failed the exam, exams for languages and later on come back and pass them with flying colors. So that's kind of my experience. And of course, I do lots of stuff online. I have a blog, fluentinthreemonths.com. I have a YouTube channel, TikTok, the whole thing. I try to encourage people to learn languages, even if they have not successfully done it in the past. Yeah, absolutely. You've made an entire career out of languages. And of course, I should have mentioned that you are an author, you're a blogger, you're the founder of Fluent in Three Months, which I find absolutely fascinating. You speak fluently more than five languages, Benny. And you mentioned there that you didn't do so well in languages for your leaving search, or perhaps you didn't even study them in school. What was your relationship with languages in secondary school? Unfortunately, I had no interest uh, whatsoever. I, I studied uh, electronic engineering at UCD, so I was pretty good at maths and, and physics and stuff. And that's kind of, I thought uh, in my mind, you either are left brain or right brain. You're good at one thing or the other. You can't be good at both. So um, I had, I just kind of saw it as a waste of time, as it were. And what's changed since then is truly seeing it used in real life. And that context changes everything. Because part of the problem was, since I never got a, a particularly good result in any language exam, I always thought to myself, I don't have that language gene. So why bother even putting the work in? And of course, that just leads to a vicious circle that I wasn't putting the work in. So I just saw the proof of me continuing to do very poorly. And so why bother putting any work in? And ultimately, by... embracing especially for something like oral exams when you embrace the fact that it's okay to make mistakes like we envision in, in my mind as, as someone with a technical background and i would imagine doing like a, a mathematics uh, test and i'd be 
seeing a question that I've already seen and it's essentially just different numbers. And it's such a logical thing, it's, you can expect it. Whereas with the language, it's way broader. Like you, pretty much any topic could come up. And with maths, if you make a mistake, your answer is going to be wrong. But with languages, it's not really about the mistake. It's about the communication. So the pennies really dropped for me in, in my 20s when I got back into languages, when I saw that I could actually communicate in a language even when I didn't speak it perfectly. Eventually, I'd go on to do well in exams and such. But what really changed was this kind of, it's okay if I sound a little bit like a caveman. Because if, it, if the oral examiner is asking you something and you just, you just reply with a yes or a no and because you're so afraid of conjugating the verb wrong or something, then that's, that's going to be what ultimately fails you. Whereas if you say, me like pizza, me eat pizza Wednesday every, and you know, you, you're speaking in a broken form of the language, but that's actually going to get you way more marks. Because if the teachers asked you what you like to eat every week, you've answered their question. And yes, of course, there is a grammatical feature to it. There is a feature to it where you want to show more, more vocabulary and maybe have, uh, um, you know, fancy words you might want to throw in. There, there is that aspect to it. But also, I would encourage anybody listening to have a, a, a kind of um, comfort level with making mistakes. And this is how I've done very well in oral exams since then for very, very difficult, like way harder than leaving cert level exams is because I was okay with making mistakes. I made communication the centerpiece to what I was doing. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that, Benny, because actually we had a really good discussion with Minister Simon Harris last week about this. And one of the points that our Leaving Cert students who take part in this show every week uh, really wanted to get across something that they're passionate about is the fact that the Leaving Cert system and the education system in Ireland is outdated. It's probably a little bit archaic and it doesn't focus on exactly what you've just said, the language being a language and something that you use to communicate. You know, I think we're obsessed in Ireland with like rote learning essays and being being able to regurgitate word for word how to talk about politics and the health system in France. Whereas actually what we should be trying to do is like, how do I order a croissant when I am on my holidays in France? You know, we've lost, I think, the concept of the language being a language like being a, a means of communication. Instead, I think it's gotten lost a little bit in it being a way to earn your leaving cert marks. Would you agree? Absolutely. And one thing I did German for my leaving cert and in my mind, German was just this list of tables of der, die, das, and, and that's how I saw it. And I just imagined everybody in Germany was just a robot. But eventually, I moved to Germany, and I had mad crack with Germans, and I made friends, and I flirted with girls. And that, that kind of thing changes the context that I truly try to use this in the real world. And one thing I'd recommend to people, since obviously, you know, no one's going to be traveling to Germany for over the next couple of months. One, one thing I'd recommend is to try to get some form of virtual immersion, because regardless of the language that you're, um, you're really trying to focus on, you'll find a lot of interesting stuff online. So if you're relaxing watching Netflix, there's some amazing content in German and French and whatever languages that you might be doing. And then, of course, you've got loads of stuff you can, people don't realize this, but you can actually change your phone's language to Irish. Even the WhatsApp interface can be in Irish. 
So you can get these little digital forms of immersion that like, obviously, you know, the word for download, maybe that'll be there and you might learn it, but it's more than that. It's about uh, framing the language in your life as a real means of communication. And I relax in my languages. I watch TikTok videos in the languages that I'm currently trying to maintain. I will uh, try to call somebody and like there's online exchanges that you can do. And I just try to check out any content. Like if I'm relaxing, I'll try to relax in that language. If I'm using my technology. I'll try to uh, you know, like work the language into it. And even though this isn't necessarily a study technique, it is something that changes your appreciation of the language. And, and that is the reason I did not do well in the Leaving Cert is because I had this very big resistance because I, I, it was just the whole point was just to pass the Leaving Cert. But one thing I, I had a short amount of time before these exams I did later on that, like I said, were much harder than the Leaving Cert exams. But leading up to it, I just made sure I was relaxing in the language. I was watching YouTube videos in the language. And I was listening to podcasts in the language and stuff like this just changed it that instead of having this like really tense, you know, oh God, I hate this. I, I don't want to be doing this. It started feeling like this real thing to me. And by easing that tension, the exams became a lot easier. So that's an important thing that even if some aspect of the exams are still a little academic and unrealistic, you can still work around that by working on your own attitude towards them. You can't just flick a switch and decide you suddenly love French. But if you get exposure to the language and you're trying to use it on a day-to-day -day basis in other ways, that's going to change it. And that's going to give you exposure that will help you for things that are going to come up in the exam. Yeah, really well said. And so many valid points raised there as well. Um, I guess I we have to mention your incredible journey with languages because you mentioned there you went to UCD, you studied engineering and uh, like everything you've got on to do since. I mean, you've given TED Talks, you've written books, you've started a company on the back of languages that essentially have no connection to an engineering degree. So tell us a little bit about that, how that happened. Was there a language? Was there a person? What What was that moment? Well, in, in Cavan, every summer as I was a teenager, we had Spanish students come and, um, of course, they were there to learn English. So that kind of planted the seed in my mind. I'd love to learn Spanish someday. And so after I graduated, I moved to Spain. And now a lot of people listening might think, oh, if only I could move to the country. That would solve all my problems. I would tell them, no, that's, that's not going to solve your problems. I lived in Spain for six entire months. And I didn't learn a sniff of Spanish because I gravitated towards other English speakers. So being physically in the country doesn't really make that big a difference. As lots of people listening who have had some, you know, maybe a holiday abroad, they haven't just, you know, breathed in Spanish air and exhaled Espanol. That's not how it works. So I tried a lot of different things and I, I tried group classes. I tried like weird uh, courses. But ultimately, what worked was me just trying to use the language. And it, what changed in my mind was something that happened. Uh, and again, this is parallel to doesn't matter what language you're learning, but in my case, happened to be Spanish, that I was trying this experiment to not use English with Spanish speakers and not to fall back on it. And one day, uh, an electric toothbrush I had bought in a supermarket had broke. And I was so furious because I was I was didn't have a lot of money. I couldn't really afford this. 
And so I stormed into the supermarket ready to demand a refund. And I realized I didn't know the word for refund. I didn't know the word for toothbrush. I didn't know the word for broken. And I still decided I'm going to try and make this work anyway. And I was like, uh, dinero, ida y vuelta, which is like money, uh, return trip, and um, uh, tooth machine broken, or tooth machine, no, no go, no go. And I got a refund. And that just blew my mind that I didn't know the word for refund, and yet I got a refund. And that proved to me the communication is a lot more about just having the information in your brain. That if you're imaginative and if you show some confidence and if you just try your best and take the little you do know and stretch that out, you can do a lot. And that changed my entire experience. And based on that, I had the confidence to then go forward. And even though I never had any language experience or luck before that point, it just opened up an explosion of progress. And since then, I've obviously learned multiple languages with this new learning philosophy. Yeah, so tell us about the philosophy. The philosophy is that you believe you could become fluent in a language in just three months. Like every Leaving Search across the country is listening to this thinking, hallelujah, like how do I do it? Where do I sign up? Well, one of the things is, uh, I think, specificity. So um, like, um, you know, in my case, I get a lot of people who come to my blog at the start of the year because they have a New Year's resolution. And in a lot of cases of people listening, they're thinking, well, the Leaving Cert is in so many months or whatever. So, um, you know, I'll just study as much as I can. But if you have a very specific target in mind and it can be realistic, but it can still be ambitious, that's what changed things. So for me, I, I had been just kind of throwing things at the wall and just I'll study a little today. I'll study a little tomorrow. But I changed that to have a plan of action. And I decided by this time, I'm going to reach this level. Doesn't necessarily have to be fluency because I, I know people are dealing with quite a lot of things over these next months. So it's not I would, like I would say, oh, you can definitely get fluent in three months. But you can absolutely get a good grade in your Leaving Cert exams within these next months. It just requires a lot of focus. And that's the thing. I've reached these high levels quickly in these languages because I made sacrifices. I decided for this next period of time, I'm not watching any TV in English. I'm going to watch TV, but it's only going to be whatever I could. At the time, I, I had to deal with whatever was on the, um, the TV channels. But obviously, nowadays, I just see what's on Netflix, and I change the language. I go to Disney+, Plus. I change the language. I was watching DuckTales in Portuguese the other day. You know, there's stuff like this that you could just, just have a bit of crack with it. And that changes that context that you are using it in realistic ways, but you still have very specific goals and it's your focus. And this is why I say my computer language, the interface on it, my browsers, my smartphone, all of this is in the language that I'm focused on. And it's a lot of work. It's not, it's definitely not easy. And it's frustrating that you'll see something and you have to open a dictionary again to be able to click the right option to be able to use the app you want to use. But you work through that and it becomes a natural part of your life. So this is the kind of thing I recommend to people is having very specific goals and very specific understandings of making that language truly a part of your life. And this changes all the context as well as giving you loads of exposure that you're naturally gonna pick up vocabulary. Obviously there's techniques that you can use 
for specific aspects of the exam. But all of this exposure is the reason that I ultimately got very well in the exams I did in my 20s. It's because of all this exposure, not because I changed my genetics or like, obviously, you know, there's techniques to learn vocabulary quicker, but that's not really what made the difference. It was just me resisting it less and having some fun in the language. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting, Benny. And I think it comes back to that total immersion, doesn't it? I think if you need to learn a language, it needs to be all around you. It can't be something you dip in and out of. I know for me, my qualification is an Irish teacher. And uh, I always found that if you didn't teach a class almost entirely through Gaelge, you were kind of doing the students a disservice. You need to constantly have the language in your ears. But uh, t- tell us about you. How many languages do you speak as it stands fluently? Fluently, I'd say uh, six languages. I've actually dabbled in a couple of dozen more. So I've I've been able to like make YouTube videos in other languages. But in terms of fluency, where, you know, I'd absolutely have no problem with the likes of the Leaving Cert and that I could actually work in the language as an engineer, that would be the six. And of course, this is over a very long period of time that I've put in, an investment in each language. But it's been sequ- sequential. Like people imagine a polyglot, oh, you know, maybe... Uh, for two hours in the morning, I have Spanish and then three hours I have French. But I focused on just one language for a very long stretch of time. And then I was able to switch to the next one. So mainly you're talking European languages here. I know you've got French, German, Italian, Portuguese. I'd imagine that European languages all have a common tread. You haven't gone as far as looking at Mandarin or Chinese. So Mandarin is, is included in the languages I'm conversational in. So not, not fluent, but... I could have quite a lot of uh, diverse conversations with somebody who's patient with me. Obviously, for fluency, that isn't uh, implied that the person has to speak slowly to you. But for Mandarin, I I don't have a problem with that. And I've expanded even to uh, American Sign Language, which is very similar to Irish Sign Language. And I can have smooth conversations in that if somebody's patient with me. So I've dabbled in the likes of Hungarian and even Quechua, the Inca language a bit of Arabic. I've got, I've really spread my, my uh, barriers, but it just happens to be that the amount of time that I've spent in European countries or in South American countries has meant that those are the languages that I've spoken the most. But, you know, as the world opens up again, I definitely plan to travel in Asia a bit more and bring those languages up to potentially the fluent level too. Yeah, amazing, because we know, especially in business and obviously the world that we now live in, which is so virtual, that having these languages open an incredible amount of opportunities to students, to young people, to professionals. So what kind of opportunities career wise and professionally have languages opened up to you? Oh, it's been amazing. So even forgetting my blog that has been a huge success in a social media empire, even long before that. When I graduated as an engineer, and I, I was in the top, uh, whatever, 20% of my class or something. So, I, you know, I had good grades, but it was very hard to get a job because I was one of many other engineers with a degree and I, I couldn't really stand out. But then I moved to Spain and I, did, I, I was an English teacher. So wasn't using my engineering degree. And I, I did that for a couple of years to build up the languages. And then I uh, moved to France and I got a job at a very high-end engineering company because of my languages. So they took me on because they needed somebody to understand this voice recognition software that I had the background to be able to, to deal with, but I stood out as being multilingual. So 
that's helped me even beyond that. I went on to become a translator of engineering documents. And it turns out there are so few native English speaking engineers who speak other languages. It's a bit more common that you might find a French engineer who speaks English or, or you know, a German engineer who speaks English, but it's very, very uncommon to find an Irish or British or American or Australian or whatever, uh, who also speaks other languages while having a technical background. So even if you're not necessarily going to devote your life to languages, if you're doing something else, you're studying medicine, whatever it might be, it doesn't matter because these languages will completely expand your CV that will instantly set you aside because no matter what, you wouldn't think, like you imagine a doctor could potentially have to explain a disease to somebody in another, another language. You wouldn't necessarily think of an engineer having to like have an emergency in Spanish or something. But ultimately, it completely transformed my career. And as a translator, for instance, I could every year keep increasing my rates and they had to say yes. So I was able to, um, to afford to travel the world for several years. I had no money saved up, but I was just, just that combination of being technically minded and having a few languages meant that I could fund travels for 17 years. It's been how long I've, I've seen so many countries and I've uh, won awards from National Geographic and all this. And I, I don't consider myself an especially clever person. This is just because I've done decently well with languages and I have a good technical background and I just merged the two. So it's a lot simpler than people think that, that uh, and then of course, that's the career side, but my life experiences have been so rich. I've had the most amazing uh, friendships from across the world. I've experienced things that you could never imagine just by being an English speaker. Like you can travel to the country, you can have a guide point you in the direction of where to go and tell you the history. But I've gone off the beaten track and I've made local friends who I was the first foreigner they've ever met in their lives. And that has just given me experiences. I can't, I can't even tell you how amazing they've, they've been because of that. So it's that combination that it's been nothing but pure benefits by speaking other languages. Incredible. It's so fascinating to think that. And I've no doubt about it. I think that's the beauty of language. It does open up all these new cultures and communities to us. Um, Benny, before we let you go, I'd love, I suppose, just a little piece of advice for Leaving Cert students that maybe already love languages, they're passionate about languages and they intend to pursue their studies, their third level studies and maybe go down the language route being so involved in language yourself, is there any particular area at the moment that's very exciting, that's evolving, that, you know, do you think language is something worth studying in college? I mean, absolutely, if that's where your interests lie. But um, again, I think potentially if somebody had, like in my case, I have no regrets that I studied engineering. Like I ended up with a career in languages, but I just happened to be more of a technically minded person. So if you see yourself living in another country, you don't necessarily have to study that language to do that. You can take it as um, like an evening class in university or something. So you can still have a very rich career without making languages centerpiece to that. But if you do end up studying languages, one thing I would tell people that um, have a particular interest in languages, that ironically, my advantage over them, that like I did not come up, I would not grow up with an interest in language, but the one advantage I had over them was I was okay with making mistakes. And I think there's a, a danger for people who, who actually 
are passionate about the language is that they're so worried about making mistakes. They have it on this pedestal and they they don't want to to sully it with like a couple of grammatical errors or something. Whereas in my case, I'm I'm way more of a chaotic, ah, sure, it'll be grand. And just I'll say the thing, I'll make mistakes. So to those people, my advice would be have a goal to make at least 200 mistakes a day. If that's your goal, if you're making mistakes in the language, you are definitely going to be learning. It's going to be tricky if you've got a, a perfectionist mentality to work uh, with something like mistakes. Like I would never say to someone taking a maths exam, make 200 mistakes. It doesn't really work that way. Or geography or history where you have to present the facts. But with languages, mistakes are your friend. Make lots of mistakes because you'll be communicating and using the language and that's what's going to change your entire experience with it. Brilliant. That was such a fantastic parting word and thank you so much. Now we're going to have to put you to the pin of your collar here for our last little test, right Benny? Are you ready for this? We're going to ask you, (laughs) well see we need to see if you're worth your salt with your languages now. How many languages can you wish our Leaving Cert students good luck in? All right, so we've obviously got Ganarian Boherlat. We have uh, Muchisima Suerte. Um, bonne continuation. Um, viel Glück. Um, what else can I do? Bosochi. Uh, um, um, in bocca al lupo. That's one of my favorites. This is Italian. You do not wish people good luck, literally. You wish them in the mouth of the wolf. Some of these, like, good luck things just have such great, rich story to them. Like in Irish, you know, may the road rise to meet you. There's an interesting twist in a lot of languages. So I I wish them luck in all those for now. Unbelievable. Benny Lewis, what a man. Listen, if our students tuning in would like to hear more from you, reach out, keep up to date with everything that you're up to, where is the best place they can do that? I have no less than uh, 14 accounts on Instagram and TikTok in each individual language, but you can start it off with the Irish polyglot. So look for me, Irish polyglot on on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all everything else, and otherwise my website fluentin3months.com. You can sign up to the email list. I'll give you some free tips uh, in your inbox every week. Spinner Skull, the podcast. To learn more about our other podcasts, check out Spin Online or download the GoLoud app. Spin.